Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. So funky. <laughs> yes! Welcome to Side Effects of Stop. Now, I need to tell y'all right off top, there are different forms of style. There's artistic style, right? There is your writing style, etc. But today, we are talking about your fashion style, okay? We are talking about how your style is carried forth through what you wear, how you present yourself in the atmosphere, how you step into the world, okay? That is what we're talking about today. So not only am I going to be delving into my own journey of stylisms and stylisticness and stylisticalness, we have my stylist, Mr. Mr. Brian Javar. The rules are simple. Checking in with us later on in the show to speak on, you know, his point of view as someone who is professionally helping to excavate from the depths of individuals their actual style and bringing it to blossom on the surface. So, you know, we're talking about style as it relates to clothing and whatnot. And, you know, the Emmys are a big, like, style extravaganza. Thank you to Brian, who's going to be on the show later, who, I mean, always takes care of me and has me looking splendiferous. And uh, styled me down for the HBO Emmy party. So I went to the HBO Emmy party. And it's it's interesting because this, this Emmys is only my second Emmys. And it's only my third year in L.A. And it was the first time that I looked around and was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, I don't like it. And it wasn't even like I could put my finger on it, but it was more so just like I, it wasn't like I didn't necessarily like, like the party. The party was beautiful. It was extravagant, like all that. But there was just something in the air that I was like, "Mm, this just isn't, this just isn't for me. And I kind of came to the understanding of just like, I've I've been in this enough now where it's like I know how magic works. And sometimes like once you see how magic works, you're just like it loses its it loses its uh mystery, its its mysticism. You know, it it, it can lose its uh just the gratifying kind of feeling of knowing like, "Ooh, this is something I don't understand and it's I'm fine with it." But in being there at the party at the event, I was just like, uh... and that was actually like the course of the weekend. And I had some like exchanges with people that were like awesome. I mean, it's always just a, seeing Roy Wood Jr. is always a gift. Like hanging out with Candace Thompson is always a blast. Like uh, my homegirl Kiki went with me to the HBO Emmy party and then we ran into Jill Scott. And so we had a good time hanging with Jilly from Philly. And of course, Brandon Victor Dixon was nominated. He did not win, but that means nothing because the Emmys is not about uh, people's talent. It's about a certain group of people who have decided that these people should get awards for whatever specific reason they've decided they 
they should. And that's a reality. But me and Brandon like went to this like fancy schmancy ICM brunch. And it's always just a pleasure to see, to get to be anywhere with Brandon. And I got to see my girl Quinta Brunson. And of course, comedian Sam J. And I met Regina Kang. And I met John Baptiste. So like, I don't want you to think that like I didn't have like some positive interactions. But the energy was just like, do I have to be here? And you do. You do have to be there because you got to wear the dress. You got to wear the dress. You got to wear the Marc Jacobs dress with the Alexander McQueen shoe. And I gave you a full face done by Melania Hunter and a full hair done by Alexander Armand. And I mean, I gave you a whole moment. And that moment being captured in those looks matters to me. I ain't going to lie to you because I love a fashion moment, honey, because I have style. But the I, I just felt like talking about this because it's recent and I just wanted to talk about just like the fact that like it, it hit me in the face that like I was just like, ugh, I don't want to have to be around that many people that I don't like even in order to be around the people I do like. And I woke up the next day and I was just like burnt out by the whole weekend and I headed off to uh, go to New Orleans and I get to the airport and I talked to like my publicist by that point. I talked to my good friend by that point. And I was just like, yeah, you know, it just, I don't know if, do I feel jaded already? Like that sucks. I don't want to feel jaded, but I just, I just feel like blah. And I'm standing in the terminal waiting to board. I'm actually waiting for my food. And I look up and LeVar Burton is standing there. And anybody who's listened to this show or like even knows me on a very superficial level knows I love LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton is Roots Kunta Kinte. LeVar Burton is Star Trek The Next Generation, Jordy LaForge. And LeVar Burton is Reading Rainbow, Butterfly in the Motherfucking Sky. I mean, I just had to do, not even had to, I just did a promo for his podcast. So I'm on the phone with my mom and I literally just hang up. Like she said that it wasn't even like, I was like, gotta go. I was, she said it literally, I was like, I have to go. And then he basically appeared in portrait mode. It was like the rest of the world behind him was blurry. And only he was in focus. And I found myself walking towards him saying, LeVar, LeVar Burton. (laughs) And y'all, he turned, fixed eyes on me and said, Amanda Seals? Holy shit. Amanda Seals? Oh my God. Amanda, we meet. I am such a fan. And then he dropped to genuflect, which means on one knee. He dropped to genuflect and began, I'm not worthying me. I'm not worthy. He was doing the motion while saying my name, Amanda Seals. In a franchise bullshit Mexican restaurant in the Delta Terminal of LAX, LeVar Burton, Kunta Kinte, reading Rainbow, Jordi LaForge, dropped to one knee and was hailing me. And I... I joined the spirit realm. I died. We are broadcasting live from the other side at this point, y'all, because I don't know if I was resurrected. 
dead. Because I died. Okay? And I it just also just imagine, like, I'm meeting him in this state of mind of, like, man, just like, I hate this. I just don't know. And you also get mad at yourself because you're just like, Amanda, you get to live your dream and then you have, like, the nerve to be like, I don't like this. It's like, you spoiled brat. Like, shut the fuck up. And so, like, I'm always going through these, like, inner conflicts like that of just, like, being self-aware of, like, what I'm bringing to a situation. And here comes LeVar Burton to tell me I love watching, you know, seeing what you're doing and what you are doing in creating a multimedia, multi-platform based on your voice is incredible. I... I don't even know like how I managed to stay a foot, like stay like on my feet. Then he bought me a Perrier and then we start boarding. So we were both on the same flight and we were both in first class, but we weren't sitting next to each other. We get on the flight and by this time, like, first class it's like the flight has already been boarding so it's not like there's only two people like the f- first class is full and he says to the cl- to the cabin hey guys i ran into my ex-wife and we've got a lot to talk about so would anyone be willing to switch seats with us so we can sit next to each other <gasps> <laughs> Doesn't this make you be like, Amanda, what is your life? Because I know what makes me say, what is my life? What is your life, Amanda Seals? I, it did work. Yes, people were scrambling. It's fucking LeVar Burton, Rebecca. Yes, he is a national treasure. <laughs> He's a national treasure. And people immediately shifted to accommodate us. We sat next to each other the whole flight. We chatted. We laughed. We got very deep. We napped. It was everything my heart could desire. You want to, you know, it's scary to meet your heroes because they may not live up to what you've, you know, created for them in your mind. I know that I've probably done some done that to some of y'all. My, my bad. bad. Um, but he did not disappoint. He is the most woke, eloquent, he's just like a gift. He is a gift. And I um, I needed that. I needed it because the, the reason I was being so agitated and frustrated was because I was internalizing the discord and the energies that I was getting from people who aren't even on my squad. Like they're not even on my team that we don't see eye to eye on anything, you know, and, and, it, and it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like it's like, you know, going to be problematic. It's like they're just not tribe. They're not tribe. But like my empathic nature is that my style, my empathic style is that I will still kind of want to sort that energy out and smooth that wavelength into my. And it's like you get you get off track when you do that. And it was literally like I had to meet someone so um, epic for my personal experience as LeVar Burton to remind me like. This is not only just an idol, but like this is someone who actually even knows your work. And all that matters is like that the, the people that you respect, respect you. And when it came down to it, I realized like the frustrations I was feeling were about people I don't even respect. 
I don't even respect these people in the first place. So why the fuck do I care if they're acting up? It's like, yeah, of course you're acting up. You're doing exactly what I expect you to do because that's why I don't fuck with you in the first place. You're actually, thank you. Thank you for being consistent. So it really snapped me back into place and gave me back my agency of understanding like exactly how I need to be conducting myself as I continue to move through these spaces and as I continue to, you know, uh, refine my purpose. And LeVar was like, Amanda, you know, my purpose is to change minds uh, through the device of storytelling. I'm paraphrasing. But that's my purpose. So it was literally as if like a Sherpa was sent to me to like bring me back on track to my purpose before I find myself out here parched, parched and on the cliff of despair. Anyone who got that reference, I fuck with you. Um, Long story short, I said this on my Instagram and I'm going to say it here on this podcast. I needed to run into LeVar Burton to be reminded that real ones respect real ones. So you don't got to worry about the other ones. But you don't got to take my word for it. But up, up. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> now, for this gem dropping, I originally was going to do stylish versus trendy. But on my flight, I watched the documentary about Andre Leon Talley, honey, who is, by the way, another like LeVar Burton level person that if I met, I'd have to like take a seat and just have a moment with myself. Okay. Um, Because the fabulousness of Andre Leon Talley is uh, beyond measure. (laughs) I mean, it just is beyond measure. It's yards and yards and yards of just fab. And... On his documentary, The Gospel According to Leon, um, he talked about that he was never interested in fashion because fashion, uh, you know, is, is transient and it changes. But he was always interested in style. And I think that's an important distinction to make. And from my point of view, the important distinctions to make is that fashion is really based on trend It's based on, you know, what's happening now, what's making money, what's going to make money. Style is something that is coming from internally. It's intrinsic to you. And it has no bearing on commerce. And I think that's important to note. Because a lot of people may think that they can't be stylish if they can't afford to be commercially commercially fashionable if they can't get the look off of the mannequin or the look from the instagram post then they feel like they're not on par if they can't rock the label you know the latest label you know vetement or louis or gucci dapper dan etc etc it's like oh i'm not i'm not stylish and it's like that's so not true it's still not true. It's almost how a square is a rectangle, but all rectangles aren't squares. Because a rectangle just, re- just requires for it to have four sides, right? So that makes a square a rectangle. But in order for something to be a square, all those sides have to be equal. So it's the same way with style and fashion. It's like, okay, you can be stylish and fashionable, but that doesn't mean that just because you are fashionable that you're stylish. <laughs> all right? Because I see people in these labels all the damn time and you're just like, what are you what what are you selling here? You're just selling a label, but it doesn't really tell about you. Style tells about you because style is basically your representation through what you're wearing that 
this is me to the world. And I know some people are like, it's, it's not, not that, that deep. deep. It's, it's not, not that, that deep. deep. But when you think about it, it's like we live in a world that's so much about just face value before you even get into like the depth of character or depth of soul. So your first impression a lot of times is on what you're wearing. And it, I mean, whether it's, uh, whether it's like just regular clothes or a uniform or some type of religious wear, I mean, that is absolutely telling about like who you are. And as you get older... And you get to learn more about yourself. You may find yourself being more, uh, ex- more exploratory with your style. You know, you may say like, "Damn, like maybe I do want to have a little bit more, uh, show a little bit more skin, or maybe I want to show less skin, or maybe I do want to venture out into prints." You know, because maybe at some point you felt like you needed to only wear dark colors because you were self conscious about something that at this point now you realize it. You don't need to be self conscious about. You know, you've grown out of a certain insecurity. Maybe you have big old titties and at one point in time you were just like I don't want to show off my big old titties because I'm in high school and all the boys are looking at them and now you're like what let's see them tig all bitties let's see them spaghetti strap them out line them up make them puppies jump style change you know I mean there there are things that I've wore at one time and I thought man this was like the look and it may not have been fashionable but it was my style I may not have been stylish but it was my style I would say stylish though is when your style is basically it's innovative in a way that's organic to you it inspires it is unique it um and it seems almost seamless. You know, there's a lot of folks that we put on clothes and it's like, all right, there, there are clothes on our body. And then when the stylish folks have on clothes, it's like, oh, they're wearing, they're they're like walking in an essence. <laughs> it's like the clothes now add a level to them that makes you feel like you know them a little more. And when someone is not stylish, it's kind of like whatever they're wearing is whatever they're wearing. And that's why you can be fashionable without being stylish. Because just the same way that you could just be wearing some shit from Walmart and doesn't say anything about you is the same way that you can be wearing a whole Louis Vuitton head to toe or a whole Chanel head to toe. And all it says about you is like you got money from somewhere. It doesn't even necessarily say how you got your money. Because the reality is, is that there's no real big measure. There's no real big, like, mystery to, like, making it. You're either working hard or you're fucking somebody that's working hard. That's essentially it. The the one exception is, you know, having an inheritance. In which case, it's still the money got to you via fucking. <laughs> so... I just want to impart to everybody out there who's listening that, you know, the the quest for your style starts with you and with you looking at like, how, what do I feel good in? What do I feel good in? Because in order to be stylish, what you're wearing has to feel naturally seamless to you. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel, your clothes are no, are not like a, an appendage. And you'll you'll notice it when you see certain people that are considered stylish. I feel like Rihanna is stylish, you know, uh, because even though she wears things that may seem outlandish to other people, it seems absolutely natural when she wears it. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's something being put on for an effect. 
Gaga, same thing. It's like even no matter how ostentatious, it just somehow seems to become, it somehow seems to be a natural extension of their personality. And so like even with myself, I started to get a lot more adventurous over the years and, you know, exploring more prints and more cuts and, you know, just playing with like different silhouettes and what I consider sexy. And I was able to do that because I feel like I got more sure about like who I am and what I give off. And so when I'm wearing these clothes, they are being purchased, not because I'm saying, oh, that's a thing that people will think is cool. I'm purchasing it because I'm like, oh, that feels like it would be very like comfortable for me. You know, that feels like it would be like a piece of my personality. It's easy to become fashionable when you look at all these like blogs and, you know, shows like Fashion Police that used to have and, you know, is just people telling you like, oh, this is the look. This is the trend now. This is the look. This is the trend now. And there'll be folks that will always have that trend on. And I'd be seeing them and I'd be like, oh, I guess they got their shipment. They got the trend. But they never look like it never makes me want to buy what they're wearing. Because it's always just like, uh, you know, you just look like an ad. But for everyone out here, it's like when you look at what someone else is wearing, think about like, that's dope. How could I make it dope for me? How could I make that fly for me? You know, in Smart, Funny, and Black, we have the Fly Fam. Those are the innovators. Those are the ones who it's like, they saw that in the, in the magazine and they were like, oh, I know what to do with that. You saw it in the magazine and you were like, who? wear that and then you see a fly fam in it and you're like oh okay I see what she did there and then you give her a compliment because it does not diminish us at all to big each other up we're serving it first DMT question first question where do you get your style ideas from what and who inspires you um, at this point, I would say I get my ideas from a couple places. Like, I really love Harper's Bazaar uh, because just in terms of like bringing to like putting together pieces from all different like uh, levels of the price spectrum, they do a really good job of that. And I like unique stuff, so they do a good job of kind of like pointing out like this is a unique piece that you know you should know about. You know, so I think that's like kind of like my fun little thing and then I say that my style comes from also like listening to my stylist and kind of just learning from like the different ways in which he pushes the envelope for me and I I definitely have like people around me who are very stylish and very into fashion as well and so like we talk about those things and and like what's hot and what's swack like I hate a dad sneaker oh my god I hate a dad sneaker um And I think the other part of it is just, like, I get inspired by, like, pieces that have, like, an artisticness about them. You know, like, I've become a lot more eccentric in just, like, how I approach what I purchase. I think I used to be a lot more basic and would kind of go the very kind of... Not, not like, basic in terms of... um, like solid colors because that was never my move but basic in terms of like oh this is like a one of a thousand like everybody could get this like everybody has this like it's just like and and if I wear it it doesn't really do anything special um but I like just like the print or whatever now I feel like I'm a lot more selective 
And I am a lot more about like catching things that when I walk into a room are going to uh, catch the eye. And when I go into meetings, I really like to kind of dress a way that I know is going to become a part of the conversation. It also helps just in keeping the conversation going and talking about things other than the work. So those are the things that that, that inspire me and that are kind of like my go-to. And my mom was always like very, very, very stylish. Like I have all these pictures from when she was growing up and when she was living in like England in the 60s. And her style, you know, is just very, um, there's a very high bar set that I honestly need to surpass. Next question. Where do we draw the line between, oh, this person is onto something versus you fucking up? Keeping in mind that someone like Three Sacks can rock football shoulder pads, but anyone else is likely to get destroyed by the internet. Valid point. I mean, I think it's safe to say that Andre Benjamin, a.k.a. Andre 3000, a.k.a. Three Sacks, the... Uh, one of the members of Outkast and my favorite rapper of all time. He is an exception in terms of like he can wear basically anything. Like he can roll up here in genie pants and a cashmere chop top and a top hat. And it'd be like, ooh, innovative. Um, and anyone else, like when Cam Newton does shit like that, you're like, okay, okay let's stop it. The reason I think that the line is drawn is because it either feels natural or it feels like a reach. When Andre does that shit, it feels natural to, like, just his persona and his artistry. When Cam Newton does it, it always feels like, oh, you're just, like, doing this for a look, but not because it's, like, who you are. I think, like, Russell, Russell Westbrook is a really good example of that, where, like, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that's just Russell. And then other times you're just like, bruh, come on. <laughs> and I know that, like, it's like, well, if you don't, you don't know him, maybe that is him. Perhaps, but it doesn't feel like it all the time. It, like it doesn't. Whereas, like I've never seen Rihanna in something that made me be like, she's just doing extra to do the most. I, never, never, ever, like ever, literally ever. And I know that it's fun to like play with different looks and all that stuff. So I mean, we've seen we've seen the likes of Gaga. I mean, we can never forget the meat dress. Okay, we can never forget that she had like pork loin covering her loins okay and that's like a real thing but like it didn't feel to me like oh this is somebody who's like trying to get a look it's like when Marilyn Manson shows up in like full goth head to toe you're like yeah that sounds about right that sounds about right whereas when you would see like Taylor Swift, a lot of times I find myself being like, what, what is, is this? this? This is somebody had an idea and was like, let's just put it on you. And you walked out wearing it because it wasn't necessarily about like, what would Taylor wear? But it was like, what do we want to see Taylor in? So I think that's like the the difference. It's just really about like, we draw the line when it's just like, this is somebody, for instance, like I put, I made laces for my sneakers out of hair that I used to wear as a ponytail. And I think for somebody else that might feel like, uh, what? But like, I'm a fucking weirdo. So I'm also like an artsy bitch and I also be having mad ponytails. So it just makes sense. And it is also very responsible for my carbon footprint. 
you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Next question. Can you mix brands like True Religion, Louboutin, and Gucci all in the same fit? Yes. Yes, you can. And I'll even I'll even expand it. You can mix brands like Forever 21, Gucci, and Zara all in the same fit. What you can't do is mix sports brands in the same fit. Somebody is listening right now like, you can do whatever you want. Of course you can do whatever you want. But if we talk about trying to be out here and looking fly and flashy like that on them, trying to give it to them, nah, you can't. If I see you in Adidas suit with Nike checks on on your kicks, I'm kind of like, you. I don't know, playboy, you kind of miss it on putting this whole look together. It doesn't mean that you're any less of a human being, but it means I'm not looking to you for style tips. That's all that means. You know, these rap niggas be out here in like a full Adidas suit and they still wear their Air Force Ones. I'm just like, why are you doing that? Why? I, 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 when I tell y'all I cannot handle Dr. Dre who be in all black with white Air Force Ones, it derives me crazy. I understand why he's not in black Air Force Ones because they look like work shoes on the fryer at McDonald's. So I get that. But it's just like, it's a uniform and I hate the uniform. (laughs) I really do. I'm like, can we put you in a black Puma? Maybe a shell toe? White with the black stripes? If you're going to wear all black, why we have this like white gleaming at the bottom of your feet? It's like you're walking iPods. (sighs) Those are that that is a pet peeve to me. I have a friend of mine who literally said that (laughs) once he saw Nas in an Adidas suit with white Air Force Ones, he could never look at him the same again. (laughs) Like it literally like just took away from his entire ability to respect Nas as like the man out here. He was like, I just I couldn't I could never look at him the same because who does that? He was so offended. He was like, who does that? Who does it? But, you know, I, I actually started, you know, I love, I love tracksuits. I love tracksuits. I love it. But all my tracksuits are basically Adidas. But then I have like Jordans that I'm like, damn, I got to show the Jordans love. So I also found that BBC Billionaire Boys Club, BBC Ice Cream, they make amazing tracksuits. So now I've been able to also expand upon my tracksuit fetish with BBC Ice Cream tracksuits that I can wear my Jordans with. What you're listening to right now is Champagne Problems, a toast to the fuck shit. Last question. How has your styles evolved as you've gotten more financially healthy? What is something you absolutely won't spend the extra coins on? And what was something you are looking forward to splurging on or have already acquired? Lastly, how does it feel knowing your style, fashion, art, and activism is inspiring so many? So many questions in this, but I'll answer them very quickly. My styles evolved as I've gotten more financially healthy because I feel like I have more, um, I have more means to just buy things in, in more unique places. Like the reality is, is like there's, 
there's boutiques that will have like unique pieces that I probably like wouldn't even have access to if I didn't have that bread. And I am not somebody who's necessarily like the most creative in terms of like going to thrift stores and going to vintage shops because that's another another place where you can get like your your, 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 your freak on. And then of course there's people that can even do that. They can do that with with, uh, Forever 21 or Zara. Like they're able to get those pieces and flip it in a way that's like, oh shit. It's like I can do that sometimes but more importantly I like to find like unique pieces these days that really stand out and that may not be like um, mainstream and so having some more money has allowed me to kind of indulge and invest in those pieces a bit more and something I absolutely won't spend the extra coins on for a long time it was sunglasses because I had lost like a pair of Marc Jacobs sunglasses in the back of a cab in 2012 and I still am not over it I'm still upset about it. Um, I'm I'm just I I'm forlorn. <sighs> I'm hoping that maybe one day I walk into like a vintage shop and I'm just like <gasps> they're there because I they were immaculate. They were like I was wearing them at like a VMAs and actually I'm sorry. This was like 2010 and I was wearing them at a VMAs. And it was like one of the first times I was like photographed in like a fashion editorial where they were like, these are the dopest sunglasses at the VMAs. And I was in those glasses and then I lost them. So after that, I was just ruined and I wouldn't spend money on sunglasses. Oh, I wouldn't spend over $10 on sunglasses. But now I'm back in the game. Something I won't spend a lot of crazy bread on. I'm not big into like lingerie. I'm just not. I'm not big into lingerie. I I mean, I just haven't even had a man like long enough at this point where I'm like, okay, and I don't care about it for myself. So like the only reason I would be getting it is to like, you know, whip him into shape. And uh, I feel like I know a lot of women who will like drop coins on lingerie, like really, really will do it. Rebecca is looking at me like, who the fuck are they? But it's a real thing. Like I know women that are just like really about that. And for me, it's just not, it's just not something I'm really into uh to finish up your questions you also asked what was something i'm looking forward to splurging on or had have already acquired Ooh, la la. um i'm not big into diamonds so it's not like a jewelry thing you know what my gucci dapper dan suit because the Gucci Dapper, like, I can't really be just, like, buying Gucci clothes like that because their clothes are just so exorbitantly expensive at this point. And, like, shoes, I know I can get a wear out of, you know, and I can do that and it doesn't feel so crazy. But, like, I can't spend $2,300 on a shirt that I'm going to wear once, maybe twice this year. I'll have it forever, but it's really, like, a piece that I can't, like, really just, like, rock like that. So I can't be so kind of, like willy-nilly with my bread but when i saw that gucci dapper dan line i was like nah this is different because this is this is history this is culture this is hip-hop this is this is seeing a dream come to fruition you know this is this is movement this is elevation this is fly fam so i splurged and i got me a head-to-toe gucci dapper dan suit and then I called my agent and asked how much I was getting for the next job. <laughs> and how does it feel to know that so many people are inspired by my style, fashion, and art? It feels surreal and it feels exciting and it feels inspiring because it makes me want to like, 
explore even more to like push the boundaries to help, you know, inspire others to push their own boundaries. People I like. Yeah. This is time for People I Like. And today we have another example of a person I like, Mr. Brian Javar. Hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> You're giving a sultry voice. <laughs> you know, it's a little deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me tell you why I like you. Okay. Now, <laughs> so when I met Brian, I was at the BET Awards on the carpet. Yes. My current stylist um, was yelling at me oh. uh, earlier in the day. You, I, some of you in the car just now went, wait, wait what? what? Exactly, because that don't happen. It's not supposed to happen. But Brian was there styling the lovely Miss LaToya Luckett mm-hmm. and others. But when I met you, you were with LaToya. Yeah, I was with LaToya. And we love LaToya, y'all, don't we? We love LaToya. She is a master black expert. She won Smart, Funny, and Black when we were in Dallas. And she's also just a friend of Smart, Funny, and Black because she helped us to even book people on the show, even when she didn't have to. So shout out to LaToya who's about to be a mommy. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So I met Brian and the the way that the world works is like literally a week later, I was doing an editorial shoot for Mm -hmm. Fashion Bomb Daily. Yes. And Brian was the stylist that was putting together the looks. And it was literally the first time that I had shown up to a shoot and had a stylist really understand like not only my already kind of personal style but then the ways in which I could elevate it without going so far mm-hmm. from like a place of comfortability right. and I've been in this business y'all since I was 8 years old I mean even when I was on my brother and me it ended up being some beef sometimes with the costume department because they'd be like you're just too little to to, to style you're too little and my mom was like no you can go to Gap Kids. You can go to Limited Two. You can go to, to oh my J. God, Limited Cuts. Two. Yes. Oh my God. And my mom was like, "No, like my daughter always be looking adorable and cute and together. So there's options." And I never really like knew my own personal style until later. But in meeting Brian, I met Brian while I had a personal style. But he has helped to elevate it in a way that is not only cons- consummately professional, but also it's like. You have such a passion for not just being about fashion. Mm-hmm. It ain't just a passion for fashion. It's not. It's not. And it's I feel like I really thing. I really got that from you that it's like it ain't about a label. It ain't about, you know, just like, oh, this is trendy. It's more personal. And it took us a little second just to like lock in. Mm-hmm. But what I loved is that there was zero ego. Yeah, not at all. I think, especially as being a stylist, there can't be any ego. And sometimes I tell clients in the very beginning for me personally, of like if we're going through racks and I might see their face and I'm like, look, if you don't like something, tell me because that's the only way I'll learn yes. what you like. Because sometimes I'm going to go off of, what you like, what I see that you'd like, and what you've asked for, but also what I think will be better. Because a lot of times when you're a stylist and you're styling people, a lot of people are scared to try diff- different silhouettes and different styles and different colors. Like, I never wear that, so I'm not going into that. Of course, so you'll stay away from that section mm-hmm. in the store. So it is my job of you paying me and we're elevating and we're doing these things. I'm not going to keep you in the same black or gray dress that you wear all the time. So if we're going to do, if you only wear black, let me try and do maybe like... Let's go to a charcoal and then we go <laughs> and then we're going to like, you know, a jewel tone color and things like that. Baby steps where it has to make sense, though. Now, 
you know, we're speaking from the point of view of like, I'd be on carpets and shit. And so you'd be styling me for stuff and like being on TV and whatnot. But just in every day, mm-hmm. you know, like somebody who is just going to work, it's like, where does style actually live for them? Because I think some people will feel like, oh, fashion is pointless and it's just a, it's a capitalist economy, you know, meant to, you know, uh, distract us from the real things going on in the world. And don't get me wrong. There are absolutely negative things attached to fashion, you know, especially fast fashion and, you know, sweatshops, et cetera, et cetera. But if we're just simply talking about the actual, like, art of clothes, Mm -hmm. where does that lie in terms of styling for regular people? Well, for me, I would say I identify that and I take that back with, like, my sisters. My sisters are 18 and 19 years older than me. So when I was in elementary, my sister was a teacher at the elementary school that I was at. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so... I'm I'm sorry sorry to tell her age, but... (laughs) And so things that I paid attention to back then of learning and knowing that I wanted to be in fashion was how people kind of interact with my sister and certain people of how your image is what people see first. Mm. And so... You can be the nicest person or the meanest person, but if you look like a certain way, people will kind of be interested in knowing who this person is. And some people are okay with just looking busted and grimy. And it's not and because they don't they think that they have to spend two hundred dollars per look to look like something. And it's like, no, you can literally go to Forever 21, you can go to Zara, you can go to JC Penney's, you can go to Ross and all of these places and get everyday wear and things that you can wear to work that are fashionable. They have trousers for women for $12.99. They have nice blouses that you can switch up and wear with a jean on casual Friday. So I think in the business and like in everyday people, people have to find what it is that they like because you can't be high fashion in gowns in the office every day or whatever your job is. You can't, you you can't do that, but you can find what it is, what your aesthetic, your budget Mm -hmm. and, and stay within that. But also you have to know what it is that you're looking for and look on the blogs. There's different blogs that have different things of who, you know, who wore this and how you can find it for a cheaper price and things like that, which I think there's nothing wrong with. And that's one thing that I love Zara where I don't think, Zara sometimes will knock off a, a full out designer moment. They absolutely but will. But they also will give you inspiration from a whole designer runway thing where it's like, I'm not paying $1,700 for that silk shirt button up just to go to dinner right. when I can go pay $42.99. Which I just did, yes. Yeah. But it, like, and so it's all about finding what your niche is and finding out who you are as your style person. See, that's the part that I love. That part. Because I think some people feel like that's only like reserved for celebrities. And it's like, no. Like, I think when you talked about like what your what your image is out in the world, like some people don't care about that. And that is a-okay. Like everybody has their right to feel however they want to feel. But I think for for those who like actually do like style, like anyone trying to undermine like the value of it, it's like, listen, I simply just care about how I present myself yeah. out in the world. You don't have to care. I'm not judging you for not caring, but don't judge me for caring because my style is a representation yeah. of myself. Yeah, and some people find their style early on. Some people find it later. Or from, someone, some people thought they found their style yeah. and we're wearing Kangol's every day yeah. from 2000 to 2005 and their names were Amanda Seals and Amanda Seals and Amanda Diva. <laughs> but... But you were on trend and then you just kind of let it last a little longer than it probably should have. (laughs) 
Probably should have cut off like late 2003-ish. Yeah, that's when I got really in the thick of it. Yeah, not, but that's fine though. But there's some people, like for me, for instance, um, when I run into people I went to uh, junior high and high school with, they're like, oh my God, like you were really always into this and you were always serious about what it is, what your look was. It wasn't always about a label. It wasn't always about trying to be different. I just wanted to be Brian. And style for me was, that's what spoke before I, when I walked into a room, my style is what spoke for me before I opened my mouth. And it also is like, you know how people receive you. You can walk into a room with a black trench coat and black trousers and this looking crazy in, a, looking in, like a fucking, shoot in July. Yeah, looking like you're going to call him by Or you could walk in with like a, a simple nice look and people would take you different like in that person in that tr- trench coat can be the nicest person right. but you look crazy so therefore i'm going to find the nearest exit and exit the room before you blow some shit up or you could walk in looking cute and like damn and you smell good who is this person they seem very nice and that could be the one that's gonna blow us the fuck <laughs> yep, up that, yep. but that look is what had you into <laughs> wanting to know what was going on. Right. They got you with the look because yeah. they were aware. Yeah. They were aware. You know, fashion you... will trick you. <laughs> fashion could trick you. But also, too, I want to go back on something of when you said when we first met and you didn't really give people the real of why and how we bonded. Because there was, you guys, were you were doing an interview with Latoya. Okay. And you guys were going back and forth of like live and someone like doing. Yeah. And there was a break and we're waiting for them to come. And there was someone walking the carpet who will remain nameless. And they looked crazy. (laughs) And Latoya being the sweet person that she is, turned her head and was not going to look and even make eye contact with me because she knows how I am. You, on the other hand, connected with me autom- immediately, and we both gave each other, what the fuck does she have on? From Piping head hot. to toe. Mess. Messy. Now, I will say this. Blonde hair is not for everybody. Every black woman. Sorry. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, just like dark hair is not necessarily the best look for everybody either. No, you know, like, you have to find. Now we all have our trial and error where we figure out what is working for us, and you know what doesn't work. I mean, like people will always be like, "Natural is the best." Natural is always the best. Natural is the best. And it's like not but for that, everybody. Not for everybody, and that may not be like your favorite. I know for me, like my roots is deep right now. I'm they deep look in great these... though. Thank you. Oh my God. And I remember some months ago, he's like, "I never let my root." No, they look great. I like that. You like this? Yeah, all right. Like well, we gonna let it flourish. A yeah, little but more. natural isn't for everybody. There's some people. That it works for, and some people that it doesn't work for, and there's some people that can do both. Yeah, and like, what? Tell me your thoughts though on like the art of fashion, because I really feel like you know, there's we talking about style, but I think there's some of us like for me when I when I really got into working on my style, it was because somebody had brought me over into a consciousness of looking at myself more artistically uh-huh. versus stylistically. And I'll tell that story in our next segment, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on like, actually, actually fuck it, let's just go into the next segment. That, that one time. time. <laughs> so one time I was in New York and I got connected with this uh, designer named Sharufa Walker. Okay. My nigga for life. And she has a line called Janaki. Tell me about her. Yes. And so Sharufa, by the way, has like, 
designed like our cape for Smart Funny in Black. Like that was designed by Sharufa, like the crown. Um, and Sharufa's line for in the beginning in its fledging stages was more so just like skirts and pieces in different like unique Ankara prints. And she's like a trained designer. Like she went to school and she went to school and then she went followed up and went to school in Paris. I mean in Nice. And she is similar to you in the fact that like for her, like style and fashion is not um it's not an outward thing. Mm-hmm. It's connected to the person. Got it. And so when she works with you, she's not just like, let me throw my piece on you and get you out yeah. and get you out on this, you know, on the yeah. on the carpet so I can get a picture. She's like, How do we make this piece look natural to you? Yeah. And That's important. so so we started working together. We became close friends quickly because we just connected in that way and we're both very multi-layered individuals. And what kept happening was that she would come to my house and put me in something and then she'd have to like pair it with like a top or mm-hmm. something else. And she'd always be able to find stuff that I've had in my house that I'd like never wore or that I wouldn't have even thought of putting with it. And I'd be like, how you... Finally, I was like, how do you do this? How do you do this every time where you manage to like come up with a look that I never would have thought of with stuff that I have? Mm-hmm. It's not like you had to go out and buy it. And she said, because I look at you as a canvas she was like but you don't look at yourself that way she's like you're a painter and you have a gift of color on canvas but you don't ever think of yourself that way and so until you start looking at yourself as a blank canvas upon which you are using clothing and accessories and shoes to create a masterpiece with you're always going to be kind of like not connected to the clothes you're wearing the clothes are wearing you you're not wearing the clothes got it and that like completely shifted Everything. Mm-hmm. And it also got me more comfortable in looking for pieces mm-hmm. versus just like throwaway clothes. Yeah. You know, like you go to Forever 21 or, you know, uh, H&M. And it's like a lot of times just very trendy. We it's don't like, go there anymore. We do not go there anymore. No, we don't. But it's very trendy. And it's like, okay, this is a thing that's happening. So I'll put this on. This is a thing. But then you throw it away after like one wear because it wasn't made well anyway. And, uh, and you can't wash that shit because then it's going to be... Uh, Three that? sizes too small, and what's tattered, uh, frayed, that come on it? lint, lint balls. Oh my god, lint balls looking like you're doing a VR, um, a virtual reality take. You know, in an all green suit with the balls on you for your video game called Stylandria. Yeah, it's a it's a fantasy world where everybody has all the money and all the swag to wear what they want and look good. That's not like this shit that they do now. <laughs> <laughs> so I I started like exploring different looks because once I was looking at style artistically it changed my thought process so I was curious just to hear from you like do you feel like that's a thing for you or like how do you view style as it relates to art hmm I do it for me it is definitely per person and who it is I look at everyone as a canvas and I like and I start viewing style when I was four years old. Well, watch What's Love Got to Do With It. And there was something artistic about Ike Turner and Tina Turner's image in the movie where I was like, I didn't know what it was of like, I didn't know it was fashion. I didn't know it was style. I didn't know it was art. And 
until like I had to, I was asking questions. My mom, my sisters, their friends, like, why do they dress like that? And then those people look like this, and they had to explain it to me. Like that's fashion. Look at his belt. That's art and those things. So I've looked at it that way from jump. And there are certain people in the world that are fashion icons or fashion, you know, legends and things like that. That look at fashion as art. And in today's time, like Solange knows. Yep. Tracy Ellis Ross. There are certain things that even on a day to day, they would throw something on for themselves. And I like that where people get dressed for themselves mm -hmm. and it's art versus let me throw this on because it would be a controversial like piece. Yes. And and it doesn't like look good. Like I like people and I like things that are art, but you have to understand it. And Rihanna. What do you feel about Rihanna? Rihanna is mother, mother, M-U-V-A, M-O-T-H-A. <laughs> All of that shit. Um, I love Rihanna because when... Rihanna wasn't always our fashion girl until her third album when it came with Good Girl Gone Bad. And she was working with um, Lisa Cooper and also with Marion Robb. And over a period of time, they transformed her into this fashion girl. They... Those... That... Lisa herself and then Marion Robb at a different time were responsible for in my opinion, the Rihanna that we have now as far as being this fashion girl. I feel like they were the stylists that introduced her and made her understand it. And the thing I love about Rihanna's image and style is that it's her. Like, yes. you literally saw this bitch walking down the street in a red heart fur walking down New York just because, or with a runway piece that I'm pretty sure that fur was probably forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, but versus wearing that shit on a damn red carpet, she was wearing that shit down the street because why? That's her. Right. Like, I feel like she's the type of girl that would throw some shit on in the house when she's chilling with her friends where there isn't any pictures being taken. Like, some people just are just that. And Rihanna is, she's for real, like, a true definition of art and fashion meeting because she does her. Sometimes some people get it and sometimes they don't. It's true. It's true because, like, even remember when she wore that uh, that yellow dress to the Met Ball? Yeah, some people didn't get it, but if you got it, you got it, and it. it the thing is, one thing that why she is called like the queen of Met Ball because the Met Gala, sorry, because she understands it and she's always on theme. Like I've never seen her go and not just wear really? a great designer. Yeah. She is definitely representing, representing the, theme. the theme. That's why I think she was like the co-host or something of like that in that world of this year for the Met Gala. Mm -hmm. Like, but she gets a it. Curator, and she, yeah, yeah, she gets it and she understands. And Rihanna just. She's literally the definition of that bitch, where it's like, every time I see her, I just smile because it's just like, damn, bitch, you get it. And your team gets it as well. And one thing, like, that I love about her is that, like, it's just, it's authentic. You never see her in something that's like, she's just wearing that because it's... This name It's or... this name. Yeah, no, it's like, damn. Like, it's literally, I just look at her and just say, damn. So recently, like, for the Emmys... Brian and I had our first, like, <gasps> difference in opinion with a look. So, he had this dress, and I put it on, and I was just like, I'm just not here for the it. The first dress we tried on. The first dress we tried on, I was like, I feel like I look like a gold iPod. I mean, I just, it's not doing anything for me. I, I'm not here for it. So, then we proceeded to try on, like, eight other dresses. My back, is, <laughs> my back is broad. So... I wasn't fitting these samples, and 
then like we tried on this this last dress it was a yellow dress and it, i didn't fit that one either but brian was like okay well we can fix some some alterations to make it work but he still i could still tell though that he was like i'm, I'm like, like i, I, I could, could do i could do this, this. I mean, I mean, we, we could, could do this, this but I'm, I'm still, still like, I'm about this other dress. dress. And I was just like, but why though? But why? And Brian literally like broke it down for me about why that dress would work. And I want to know from you though, like, what is your vision for my style? Because like when you came with that dress, it was very clear the vision of like no this is why you need to wear this dress so like when you started working with me has actually has anything changed in your vision for my style since we started working yes so when we first started working together i remember we did a fitting after that photo shoot and i brought everything that was african print tribal all of that because i just thought that that was what amanda was and you were like um i hired you to style me not to bring some shit that looked like I got in my closet. And I was like, ah, I, got, well, <laughs> I got these three pieces over here that don't look like that. And I think that's when we went that green polka dot moment. Yes. That was, which yes. was a great moment. Yes. it was. Um, this was October. This Oh my God, it's been a year. Yeah, damn, it has been a it's year. It's been a year. And I'm still single. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving Maybe along. that's why I'm still single. <laughs> but, um... Is your my vision for you style wise has definitely changed, and I think it just recently changed after Fashion Week because we've always we've tried different things, but when I saw that look at Fashion Week, I was like, now it's time. Which to, look? The last one that the we Versace did with the Versace. Look? Yes, mm. I was like, now it's time to go a little bit more edgy and fashion forward versus like more like just together, just together. Like I won't say we ever. I won't think. I don't think that we do like simple, but that was a little bit more. Edgy edgier and a little bit more sexy than what we usually do. And I think that's why you were also against this dress <laughs> that you wore because you No, were... because I didn't think that the dress when I... First... She didn't like the dress because she said it did not compliment her. And she said it did nothing for her is, is exactly what she said. And I made her put it back on. We took the slip out and I said, look, imagine this with a bodysuit. We bring this up on the side and so to show a little bit more leg and add a little bit more shape because it's more like a mod type of style. So it doesn't like show curves or anything like that. And we took pictures and I, I sent sh- it to my stylist. I sent it to my publicist and then I sent her the other pictures with mm-hmm. the yellow dress. And she was like, it's not even a conversation. It's obviously the gold dress. The yellow reminds me of Melania. And then she literally sent me a picture of Melania wearing like the same damn like silhouette. It was it. I'm still picking up my face. Yeah. And so. But those are moments when you're like. (laughs) (laughs) But those are moments when you're like, this is why. Yeah. This is why. Sometimes you have to. One thing that I've been that I taught myself in the past four months is a new saying of trust your dopeness. And am I in that in a sense of no matter if you're a carpenter, a damn dentist or whatever it is, sometimes you work in that profession and somebody's paying you to do that because that's what your strong point is. And you have to not just sometimes, sometimes people want a personal shopper. Sometimes people want a stylist. So you have to figure out which one you are in certain situations. And sometimes I'm okay with being a personal shopper. What's but the so, difference? 
a personal shopper is someone that is going shopping for someone. They bring them a rack of clothes and they're going through. And you're putting outfits together and they might not like some you put together. And it's like, no, I like this, but I like this with this. And you allow them to more so put the looks together themselves. And because they don't have time more so to go shopping for themselves. So they're now shopping within their home when they have a moment to do so. Okay. So that's like a personal shopper. And, and a stylist is... A, st- a stylist, I mean, we're going to stores or we're going to designers and things like that, pulling clothes, and we're creating an image for you. Mm, okay. So the personal shopper is more so just like expanding upon the image that you already have by going out into the marketplace and bringing looks to get, look, bringing looks back that are representational of like where you already are. Yeah. A stylist And what is, you ask for and what you want. Yeah. Because it's sometimes people have personal shoppers that are a lawyers. I just need all kind of suits or I'm going on vacation. I don't have time to go shopping. So this is what I'm looking for. You bring it. Oh, this is, I like that. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Here's my car. Close out at the store. Thank you. Have a good one. That can be that. What do you prefer? Either. I, 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 I do both. So I, I what mean, do you I, pre- get, what do I you prefer get differently? Styling. But what do you get differently? Like, because I feel like, you know, that's the thing. Like, you know, you get something different from like personal shopping than you get from styling. Yeah. Personal shopping for me is just a check. I'm not like creating an image for somebody because I don't. I, I mean, as but a it's style, fun to shop. It's fun to shop, and I don't have an issue with it. Like you know, I, I, you're still continuing to build relationships with designers and stores and things like that and studio service. So I have no issue with being a personal shopper, like at all. Like, don't have an issue. Still getting paid fine, but styling for me is being able to project my image on you and tell you and show you what it is that I'm looking at and what I see that you don't see. Mm. And a lot of times you have to. There's been some moments where I've had to, like, beg somebody to trust me, and they're, like, going back. And I've literally been like, you don't even have to pay me for this, and that's how important this is because I see what this what this is and what doors this will open for us if you wear this in per- and give this image when you walk out this door on this red carpet because you don't see it but I see it and that's why you're, I'm here so I don't, you don't even have to pay me for this and I guarantee you and then there's been some moments of like damn you was right okay really yeah yeah I've had though I, I, I've had that happen yeah a damn you was right moment yeah who are some folks that you style um, style currently or just style period and period um, I've worked with Coochie Tran that was kind of like the person that I was able to first like really get my foot in the door and really create an image for her um, I've worked with Coochie Tran I've worked with Amanda Seal she's an amazing actress is she um, okay. Tiffany Haddish Latoya Luckett Jasmine Sullivan uh, Tank and his wife Zena also just did creative directing for their wedding, um, which was an amazing thing. It was my first time actually styling a bride and groom for the, a wedding. I've only done like like the bride for a wedding, so being able to do both was like a really great, great, great thing. Um, who else have I worked with? I've worked with Little Mama. I've worked. I've done some television things before. Um, done some commercials. I worked with a couple of people. We just did a commercial. We did. We did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that for, for me, like, style has always been this, like... And I also just did something with Kelly Rowland. I did a shoot with her. She's so sweet. I love her. So, when you are looking at somebody for the first time, how do you define what your next step is? How do you plan your next step when you go to the store? Because I know we didn't, like, do a survey. Like, did you, like, do you just Google, like... I mean, I, of course, go through their Instagram and things that they have worn and, like, learning their body types 
and just trying to figure out. Sometimes they'll tell me if this is what I'm going for, if sometimes there's no direction. Or, like, if it's a video or something like that, then there's a direction of, like, what mm-hmm. I'm going in. But if it's, like, a red carpet, I need to figure out if it's cocktail, if it's, um, you know, black tie, if it's super formal, all of those things. So I figure out that. But then if there's no direction from the PR or the management or the client themselves, then I kind of have to, like... All right, this is what they what they wear and what they're comfortable in. So let me bring some things that are definitely something that I've seen them wear and like as far as silhouettes that I've seen them in. But also let me do my. What's brine. a silhouette? Um, a silhouette is. Oh my god! Why do I feel so lost right now? Silhouette um, is your body. The, your shape. The shape. The shape of your body. Yeah. But isn't or, it also the well, shape of the piece? Yes. Yes, it's that too. So like um like I know for me like I for a long time was like only used to like the silhouettes of like a tight dress mm-hmm. and then it kind of felt like if you're not wearing a tight dress then it's not going to be a sexy silhouette right and that's where a lot of people are wrong there's times I've dressed women in full out suits where you couldn't see a piece of breast or an ankle or a toe and it was the sexiest thing sometimes people think showing skin is always sexy no sometimes it is about the silhouette of being sexy of like showing off the body and that's one thing that i love about styling is because i don't like to just style i like a challenge and so like I, of course we like things that are easy but also when something's a challenge for me i like it as well um I work with Jasmine Sullivan. She's a curvier woman Mm -hmm. and she has great body. And to style Jasmine, there's times where I would bring things and she's like, boy, I'm I'm not wearing that. that. And I'm like, try it on, (laughs) boo-boo. And she's like, no. And that just happened when I styled Jasmine for Black Girls Rock. Um, There was an Alexander McQueen dress that I wanted her to wear. And she was like, I am not trying that on. That doesn't look like it's going to fit, blah, blah, blah. I said, I got you, Jazz. Like, just and so we go through the fitting we try on some things and we like some things and then we go back to this and she got it on and that was a I mean okay you was right Brian (laughs) and it was such a good moment because you like those moments and those victories of like when you're a stylist where not necessarily when somebody was against it but where you kind of prove someone wrong of like they can wear a certain silhouette this does work for your body type just you have to figure out what works because sometimes we get so stuck in our own Insecurities, insecurities, or just yeah, or just things that we're Habits. used to. Yeah, that you don't want to try anything new. You won't even go to a certain side of a store. You won't even pick up a certain blouse or a certain skirt because I don't like that, or I've never tried it. And then you have to try, and it's like, damn, that actually looks better on me than what I've been wearing. Well, and you know, this piece to this what I always talk to y'all about, where it's just perspective. You know, it's like sometimes we've been wearing something and we're like, we don't like it. But then you have to ask yourself, like, well, why don't I like it, though? Because sometimes it's like, you don't like it because, like, you had a man tell you he didn't like that. Or you didn't like it because of, like, a situation you wore it in. Sometimes it ain't even got shit to do with how it actually looks on your body. It's literally just, like, you don't like it because maybe someone told you that you shouldn't like it. You know? Or maybe someone told you you look like a hussy. Yeah. Well... I just want to say that I appreciate you and like how you've opened my mind and elevated my look because as I like continue to grow as a creative and to continue to mature as a woman, like, you know, it it matters to me that my style does that too. Yeah. You know, I remember at one point saying like, I can't wear poom poom shorts after 26 and here we are at 37 and yes, yes, I can. No, 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 no. You could definitely wear poom poom (laughs) shorts. I call them coochie cutters, but I mean... Well, I'm from the islands, so, you know, we call them pom-pom shots. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm from Compton, and we call them coochie cutters. Got it, got it, mm-hmm. got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, think that the biggest thing, one of the, th- like, one of the realest things that you've talked about is just the fact that, like, 
your style is your style. It comes from within. Yeah. And that there's no so, limitations. There's no limitations. You have to try things. Now, some of y'all are out there trying some shit that you were supposed to give up a while ago. And it's not, they not telling you that it don't look good as being a hater or because they can't afford it, but it don't look good. And some people think because they're in labels, like there are people think, oh, I'm Gucci down, I'm Chanel down, I'm this. It doesn't always look good on you. And it just sometimes doesn't always look good. Some things that are a full like look Like these on a- dad sneakers. You like these dad sneakers moving, don't you? I don't like all of them. There are some that I am into. I don't like all of them, uh-huh. but I also like when some of them wear them, when some people wear the dad sneaker and it's more of a casual thing where like, I love when I see someone just on out shopping with some sweats and a t-shirt on, like I, I, I bought these shoes because I like them, not because they're the on trend right now and everybody has them and blah, blah, blah. There are some now that Balenciaga, that big ass size 30 looking shoe when it's a size eight, that one I'm not really into. But there's a couple other that has better st- that has a better design and not so bulky and heavy. Some of them are I'm into, but not all. When is it gonna end? I don't know because that whole thing like shit been going on for a while. Like trends that we thought was go go out with. Yes, it's been kind of lasting a, a little longer because I'm sick of these lace fronts too. I thought that trend was go in like a couple. Really. You thought that was going in? I was hoping. That's what it was. I was hoping. I'm not against the lace when your lace is right. But some of y'all are wearing lace fronts and like your lace look like the screen door at your grandma's house. I gotta go. I'm out. Bye. I'm I'm just being honest. (laughs) And you know, like, I don't want to... Baby girl. Your friends will tell you though. No, some of them not. (laughs) That's the problem. That, because, but, uh, but like back to fashion, a lot of people are trying things or doing things and thinking just because they have on full designer that it's a great look and it's not. And it doesn't have to, like, if you want to wear full designer and, and you can afford it, that's great. But also, there's some people that think that they don't know how to, ha- they can't have style if they're not wearing full designer. Right. You know? That and if they don't have money. Yeah, and that's incorrect. Like, you can literally, one place that I love to go and people just skip over it is Macy's. You can go to Macy's. You can go to JCPenney's. I said that earlier, but I love JCPenney's when I'm shopping for certain things because they have some looks. And also, too, for like curvier women, it's they don't have as many places to go. One of my favorite places to go for curvier women is Forever 21. They have a great section, great quality as well on their curvy stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Their jeans, their tops, their bodysuits, whether if it's a casual thing, if you're going to the beach or if you're going to happy hour with your girls or you're going to the office, Forever 21 for curvy women is an amazing place to go and a lot of women also too don't go to Zara because they're curvy because they don't have my size jean that's okay sis they got kimonos that you can wear because sometimes you don't like to show your arms or go to the men's department and get you a dope trench coat like Mm -hmm. they have great moments and great cuts and also too don't be afraid to go see a tailor like if you buy something that doesn't fit it's a little bit too big that's fine go get it tailored it's a little bit too small Cut the sleeves off and make it a vest and wear it with a hoodie under. Like, make, learn how to make those moments work for you. And a lot of people are scared to do that. Not everybody has that eye. But if you pick up a magazine, pick up an Essence magazine, pick up, you know, Harper's Bazaar, look up on Tumblr, street style and things like that, you'll find some things that you might have in your closet or some things that you might see in a store that you could put together. Like, not everybody has that eye. So some people are very uniform, like, boom, boom, boom. Yep. When I go shop, I don't shop for outfits. I literally buy things that I like and then later put them, to, put them together for things. I never, even for my clients... 
I never am at a store or I'm never at a designer uh, showroom or I'm never looking through, you know, runway looks where I'm like, boom, give me that full look. Mm-hmm. I literally get things and then put them together in our fitting or prior. Like, I just, I like those shoes. I like these boots. I like those sweaters. Okay, boom. All it's right. just what you like. It's just what I like. Pieces you like. Yeah, because I think a lot of people get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people get stuck when they shop for outfits and think, oh, now I can't wear it again versus shopping in pieces. Mm, buy things that you like yeah. for the season or even a, 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 and if it's on sale, buy it for the next season. Like I just bought a Tommy Hilfiger sweater that has fur um, sleeves. Faux fur, of course. Faux fur sleeves. Um, and like when I saw it, I was like, for one second, I was like, what are you going to wear with this? But then I was like, it don't matter. It this is matter. so dumb. I have to buy it. Yeah. By the way, that's like my metric for buying clothes. Like it's either like so beautiful or it's like, this is so stupid. Like this, what is this? I have to buy this. Like mm-hmm. it's dumb. My friend Mike Walker in high school, his metric for buying sneakers was, this is the ugliest sneaker possible. And only I can make it cool. Yeah. Like that was his bottom line. Now so when it comes he, to sneakers, he dad's sneakers. Actually, he probably does have dad sneakers. I mean, the, at this point for me, it's like if it's not Adidas, I'm typically not even wearing it unless it's a Jordan Three with the cement black and red colorway, or what I just got, which was the Vogue Jordans, mm-hmm. totally and they're like black and sparkly, and I'm because I'm, I'm black and sparkly. sparkly. Well, thank you. That you are. Mr. Javal, thank you for coming through and just you know thank showing you us that the me. rules are simple. The, the rules are very simple. And people you can see that. Brian's work on his Instagram, which is Brian Javar. and the Brian is spelled B R Y O N J A V A R. Yes, or you can just look up the hashtag Hand Ambitious Day Issue. There you have it. The last dose. When it comes down to style, the reality is, is that you don't have to have limitations based on your body type, based on your dollar amount, or even based on your intelligence in terms of like what is out here fashion wise. We have assets that you can get to, you know, in terms of magazines and Instagram, et cetera. And the reality is, is that, listen, creativity is on you and you have all of the opportunity to do that. But I don't want anyone to ever think that like, I can't be stylish because I'm too skinny or I can't be stylish because I'm too curvy or I can't be stylish because I'm too introverted or I can't be stylish because I'm too dark skinned or I can't be stylish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because style is you. So stylishness has nothing to do with these limitations that society places on who is what and where and how they can be. Nah, stylishness comes completely from inside of you. And you know, here on this show, Small Doses, I am always really just pushing us to really understand the power that we have within us to be whatever we want to be. So go out there and every day speak to the inner gay man in your head who is saying, yes, bitch, yes, walk that runway of life and give it to him, honey. Give it to them, your best self. It's a good show.